Hello, footy fans, and welcome back to the Chip and Chase podcast. The Vegas games are officially done and dusted, and what a showing we got. An absolutely incredible event put on by the NRL, two incredible games, really showcasing everything the NRL has to offer and Rugby League has to offer in general to, to the American audience over there. I thought it was such a such a great day of footy, and we put on some, yeah, just a really good showing across not just the games, but just the event as a whole. Got a good, great crowd out there. I believe the number was just under about 41,000 out there in attendance for both games in this one. So that was just really, really exciting to see. But yeah, in this podcast, we're just going to sort of, you know, wrap up those two games, just give my thoughts on everything that, that took place over there today. So of, co- of course, we will uh, get underway and starting with the Seagulls and the Rabbitohs. What an incredible opening match to showcase our great game in Vegas. It really had a bit of everything. There were some great hits in defense, some exciting attacking moments. I say some, plenty of exciting attacking moments that we'll get into a bit more. But most of all, I just I was really want to give the refs props because I thought they let this game flow really, really well. It was, wasn't was stopped much at all. I think they just had a really good pace to it. So, yeah, big shout-out to the referees on this one. But, no, I think the NRL chose – it chose – correctly in in having these two exciting teams kick us off in America watching Latrell and Turbo constantly just constantly trying to one up each other with big plays was just so entertaining to watch and they both played so well so that was really good to see you know there are also some really you know incredible and exciting defensive efforts in this one too having Saab fly away down that touchline only to be ankle tapped with a last ditch effort from Lachlan Elias would have been bloody so exhilarating to watch. I was up off my chair sit, sitting on my couch. So seeing that live would have been incredible. I mean, seeing Saab in full flight is always, you know, a, a sight to see. So it was great seeing Lachlan just put in the chase there and, and chase him down and put on that ankle tap. So that was great. You know, you also had Latrell's one-on-one try saver on Luke Brooks. You had Damian Cook's effort on Tom Draboyevich to deny him close to the line as well. There was just so much. This game really had everything. You know, and like all of these players I've sort of just mentioned were all in just the first half as well. So it was just a fantastic display of rugby league all around. So kudos to Peter Valandis and everyone involved with making this happen. I was a bit dubious on on taking these games to Vegas to start. But to see this sort of display kick us off and see how many people packed into the crowd was so great to see. So I'm not sure I could have asked for you know much more out of this game. But while we're going into some some standouts from the game, I just want to quickly tie in back to Latrell Mitchell because God, this this is exactly the sort of Latrell I've always wanted to see. Looking for work and backing his physicality to run over blokes rather than trying to run around them. If he adds this to his game on a consistent basis, then he will undoubtedly be the best player in our game. He's such an incredible athlete, a once in a blue moon sort of combination of size, strength, speed, and skill. And he showed all of them in this game. He ran it so powerful, powerfully. He um, came up, you know, with some great plays in defense, and he threw two absolute peaches of passes for the tries to Jacob Gagai and Alex Johnston. So you know, showing he can do it on both sides of the of the park as well, you know, and he, and he topped it all off scoring that brilliant solo try, just bodying the entire Seagulls defense. I think he ran over Ben and Tom Trebojevic on his way to the line who are no small bodies. And he just made them look like children in front of him. Like he's, he's always had that in his game. He's just all, always sort of, you know, taken a bit of a backseat, but in this game, I was really, really impressed. And it's just, it's terrifying to think that if he 
does this consistently, what it means for the league. It, I don't know. He's he's got everything, everything in the game, the trail. So really exciting game from him. I thought he was amazing for the Rabbitohs. Um, you know, while we're sort of on 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 that, it was really really good stuff seeing Jacob Gagai score in his NRL debut under the bright lights of Vegas, no less. He's taken the long way around to get to this point, Jacob Gagai, but he's a real testament to what hard work and perseverance can get you. So it was really great stuff to see him cross for that one. Thought he had a good game overall as well. Didn't didn't look out of place at all. Thought he was pretty darn good defensively. That's what I noticed the most from him. So shout out to Jacob Gagai for that one. Had a great game. Uh, another one for the Rabbitohs. I thought Damien Cook was really good, especially early in this one. He completely controlled the tempo of the game off the back of his forwards, just darting absolutely everywhere and anywhere. Whenever he got the chance, it was just really hard to handle. Manly had sort of no answers for him in the probably opening 20 minutes. He came up with that uh, opening tri to Richie Kennar as well. So I thought, yeah, Damian Cook had a really good game in this one. I think he notched a bit over 40 tackles as well. Played the full 80, of course. Saliva Havili was on the bench. Could have been a bit of cover. Doesn't seem like they're going to do that. Seems every year Damien Cook just gets older and he gets better. So if he's in for another 80-minute season or, get, or day or, or every game of the season, then I, I, I expect nothing less from him. He's just that fit. He's so, such a good player, Damien Cook. Uh, another one for the Bunnies I was impressed with, Cameron Murray. But, you know, when am I, when am I not impressed with, with Cameron Murray? He just seemed to be taking – every time I looked, he seemed to be taking like two or three runs a set, whether or not he was making a hit-up or at least he'd take it to line and pass and get belted for his troubles. He was involved in everything for the Rabbitohs whenever I was just keeping an eye on him. Just looking here, he finished the game with a total of 23 runs, which is by far the most on the entire Rabbitohs team, and second only to Tom Trebojevich for most runs in the game, which is it's no small feat at all. You know, out of these 23 runs, he ended up with 162 metres, which also topped the entire Rabbitohs team. And he did this all while only having an eight-minute spell for the entire game. He notched out 72 minutes in this one, at least according to the NRL website. So he's just an absolute weapon. Incredible game from Cameron Murray. This is, I expect nothing less from him. He makes this look so normal, but he deserves a shout-out every time he does it. So shout-out, Cameron. Uh, I've said it all, all preseason, but boy, do I love Nathan Brown as a signing for Manly. As soon as he stepped on the field, he completely shifted the momentum in Manly's favour. He just runs it so hard and combines that with such a good passing game as a bit of a link man in that lock forward sort of role. I think it's really good because the one thing that I've been a little bit apprehensive of, I guess, for Manly is their depth or at least their punch in the front row. You know, Tanella Paseca is a really good front rower. But Toa Fofa Sipley and Josh Aloye are good, but, you know, they're, they're not anything too exciting, I suppose. But when you get someone like Nathan Brown come on and throw him into that lock role, you can move Jake Trebojevic into that front row to just shore that up as well. So I, yeah, I've said it all preseason. I think he's going to be one of the best signings of the season. He just seems like a manly player, and I absolutely adore him as a signing for the Seagulls. And, yeah, he, play, he played really, really well in this game. And another one, you know, I've raved about all, all preseason is Luke Brooks, and I thought he just looked incredible all, all game in this one. I think he and DCE complement each other just so well, and it gives the Seagulls yet another dimension in attack when he's on the field. He looks so relaxed out there as opposed to when he was at the Tigers. <laughs> Sorry, Tigers fans. 
And, you know, every, every moment he took to run or pass or kick, he just, whatever he chose, he did it perfectly. He's probably my smoky for the Dally M58 of the year. I think everybody's sort of pinning on Dylan Brown, thinking he's going to have a really good year on the back of, you know, a bit of, bit of controversy and a bit of disappointment of 2023. And I feel the same way. I think Dylan Brown's in for a great year. But Luke Brooks, such a big fan of him. And I think the way Manly played today and the way he played today, I think he definitely could be a smoky for that Dally M 58 of the year role. He could be a smoky for the Dally M role. Like he is just that sort of player. He's always had that in him. I thought he was really, really good in this one. So hope we get to just keep seeing that from Luke Brooks. I've had enough of the sort of criticisms about him. He's been in a tough Tiger team his entire life, but he's so much better than that. He's a phenomenal player. So, yeah, loved what I saw from Luke Brooks in this game. Another one I thought was really good was Jason Saab. I've always been a bit critical of Saab over the years, believing, you know, he has that potential to be the best winger in rugby league. He's the tallest and fastest player in our game. Well, he's not the tallest anymore with Ben Takura, but he's not far off it. And, yeah, fastest, I mean, we don't know fully, but many experts would put him right up the top. He should just be a threat in like all facets of his game between his pace, his threat under the high ball because of his height. He just has so much about him. And I've, I don't think he's ever really put it all together for me. I thought his speed has sort of just become his trademark. And in the year that he scored that 20 plus tries, it was just all the back of his speed. Tom Trebojevic makes a, a break and then you've got him lurking up and he's gone for the rest of the seat, like rest of the game. Like, what, what can you do about that? There's not much you can do. You can't coach speed. You can't defend against speed. But I think Jason Saab just has so much more in his game. And it was really good to see that sort of, you know, take place in this game. I thought it was really well. He put sort of all of my doubts away. He just he worked it out of his own end really well. He was a threat under the high ball. He looked really strong defensively. And, you know, of course, he still did create a multitude of opportunities with his speed, one of those being his his intercept runaway try, which, of course, was also on the back of a great read and defense. So it was a really great game from Jason Saab in this one. He looked to pick up a bit of a, a hamstring strain in the back end of the game. So hopefully it's nothing too serious, but... You know, even if it's just a strain, it'll probably see him miss a couple weeks at least. So it's a bit disappointing for him. But, yeah, at least I, I thought he came out and played really well. So that was really good to see from Saab. Hopefully he's not out for too long with that one. I thought Lachlan Ilias, I thought he was pretty strong in defense in this game. You know, there's been a few question marks surrounding his defense in the last couple of years. But I thought he handled himself quite well out there in this one. I thought uh, Kenner, I think he looked pretty darn good as well. Scored a double, which was quite nice. I'm not entirely sure his second really should have been a try, but, you know, made no difference to the result, so you may as well give it to him. Um, And one that I was, you know, a bit more negative on, Cody Walker I thought was pretty darn disappointing in this game. He missed seven tackles in this game. And that's just, it's not good enough. It's not good enough for a first grade player, especially not someone of his experience. If you're having an incredible game in attack, then you can maybe excuse this. But even then, that many misses is pretty hard to ignore. And the reality is he didn't really fire a shot in attack all day either. So you can't really excuse that defense. And yeah, I just thought he was quite disappointing all round in this one, but I'm sure if we know Cody, he'll come back bigger and better as soon as round two gets underway. I think he's still in for a good season. I think he's got a lot left in the tank, Cody Walker. Just thought he was quite underwhelming in this game is all. But no, all in all, I 
I thought this was just such an incredible game of footy all around. So there's not too many criticisms I can have of it. I really, really enjoyed it. I, how good is it to have footy back? <laughs> what, what, what a way to start. What a way to start. Alas, we will move on, try and make a bit of quick time in this. So, of course, the second game in the Vegas doubleheader, we had the Roosters and the Broncos. And we had another great game in this one. You know, of course, the Roosters came away upset victors 20 to 10 over last year's grand finalists. And I thought it was well-deserved. They played with so much intensity and I thought every player across the board had a really strong game. So really liked how the, how the Roosters played in this one, but this game was, a, it was pretty stark in contrast compared to the, to the first game. You know, this one was a lot more direct and up the middle, a lot less free flowing, but it was also, you know, it was incredibly physical, lots of big hits in contact. It was definitely uglier to watch, but, you know, what what can you do? It was mainly that first half. It was just a few, few too many errors and a lot more cause, a lot more penalties given away, which, you know, you get that. Uh, you can't really blame the refs too much in that if you're giving away the errors and the penalties then that that's on you but definitely yeah maybe that first half was a bit uglier to watch especially if you're a new fan trying to pick up the game but I think the physicality definitely would have kept you around and kept you interested and yeah as soon as that second half got underway it really improved and no I thought this game did end up being a pretty darn good game as well you know there were some really exciting moments headlined you know, by the the two superstar fullbacks and James Tedesco and Reese Walsh, who had really good games, and I will get to them a little bit later into this. But no, the physicality in general, I thought, was the the main aspect of this game. Just watching so many big hits in not even just attack, uh, sorry, not even just defence, but in, in attack as well. Lots of big runs and offloads, and just there was there was a bit of aggression. There was a few boys piping up. There was, you know, a bit of his horse in this one, which I like saying, I won't lie. As long as no punches are thrown, which, you know, technically off the record, I wouldn't mind, but no, I do like seeing boys play with passion and, and get a bit rowdy into it. So would have been pretty exciting. Another entertaining game to watch over in Vegas. Um, it, it genuinely sort of just felt like a bunch of gladiators going to battle in, in the Coliseum. Like there was just so much passion, so much aggression. And it just, it had me hyped sitting at home, particularly in that second half. So I can only imagine how the atmosphere must have been in person in this one. So definitely something that would have kept you entertained, at least at least in my eyes. Uh, however, in terms of uh, in terms of players that stood out for me in this one, I thought Joseph Sawali'i uh, looked quite threatening. Obviously, you know, put him to the sword a bit in my in my last podcast in the previews for this game, but Billy Smith was ruled out, so Sawali'i ended up playing that left centre. And I thought he was, yeah, really good in this one. He looked very threatening. He was moving so smoothly for such a big human, and he was so, so, so strong in contact, in attack and defence. And I really loved the battle that he and Katoni Staggs had. They were just going at each other all day, and they played so hard. It's a really great, really physical duel, so I loved seeing that all night. I think the commentators might have spoken a bit about it too, but, yeah, it was really good seeing them. Katoni also had a, a pretty darn good game himself. He just he plays really aggressive, Katoni. I really like the way he plays. Everybody always wants him to 
you know, pump his numbers up a bit more, get up to around that 15 runs a game mark, which I agree I'd like to see him get around there. But, you know, maybe he's not as explosive if he is doing that. But, no, he played really well in this one, and I really liked their duel. Uh, Brandon Smith, the cheese, thought he looked really good out there for the Roosters as well. He played 54 minutes straight before coming off for the rest of the game as Sandon Smith replaced him, his namesake. Uh, but when he was on, he really brought the form he displayed in the All-Stars game. He had really strongs, which he, we know is what he's capable of. He had a couple of a t- couple of tackle breaks, and he made 33 tackles himself with zero missed as well. So really good in defense. He also kicked a nice 40-20, which the NRL has noted as a 40-20, which is good. Technically, it came off Jesse Arthur's, so it could be a Jesse Arthur's error and not a 40-20, but I'm glad that they just put it down as a 40-20 on the stats marker. I'm pretty sure Fox stats don't do that, which means for Supercoach, you don't get the increased points for the 40-20, but what can you do, really? I mean, I'm I'm not complaining at all as a Brandon Smith owner, but no, I think he controlled the game really well for the Roosters, which is something that's always been sort of a criticism of Brandon Smith. Has he really ever had that control over a game or is he just that punch through the middle and just a hard player to stop that makes him so good? But no, I thought he controlled it really well. I just really liked his performance all round. I'm pretty certain that if the Roosters weren't so up, so far ahead, he would have come back onto the field as well in that final 10 to sort of 15-minute range. I did see him sort of standing up on the sideline, ready to come back on. Not sure if he was going to come on as a forward or back into that hooking role. But, you know, at that point, the game was sort of done and dusted. The Roosters had a good lead on and you didn't want to risk him. So he didn't end up coming back on. But I have no doubt that 54 minutes probably won't be the the usual for Brandon Smith. And I'm not sure if 54 minutes straight will be the usual either. Like I'd normally expect a bit of a break in between and then come on and bring back his spark for the rest of the game. But we'll have to see how it plays out for the rest of the season. Either way, thought he played really, really good in this one. Uh, Another one who really impressed me, Victor Radley. I thought he was tremendous in this game. He had that massive hit on Kobe Hetherington, which is the exact stuff that the people of this game came to, you know, what they signed up to see, really. It's pretty much exactly what was advertised in the ads over in America. So really cool seeing him put that shot on, Victor the Inflictor. But no, he played the full 80 minutes as well, and he really made it look easy. He was absolutely everywhere. He ran the ball 18 times for 168 metres. He made 36 tackles with only three misses. And, you know, most of these were also just big shots that swung the momentum in the Roosters' favour. And he also scored that final try, which locked up the game for the Roosters as well. So if he wasn't the best on ground, he was undoubtedly top three, so... Really, really impressed with Victor Radley. Hopefully he can make this form more of a consistent basis and we get to see him back up there with his name back up there with the best locks in rugby league because we know he's capable of it. He's won back-to-back premierships with the Roosters before as a lock forward. And if he keeps playing like this, I have no doubt he'll be back up there with your Cam Murrays, your Paddy Carrigans, your Isaiah Yeos of the game. So really good stuff from Victor Radley. Uh, if Victor wasn't the best on the field, then this man was James Tedesco. What a captain's knock from him in this one. He was just, he was everywhere. And somehow he didn't overplay his hand either, which is sort of what he was criticized for last year. He was contesting every kick and managed to catch everyone as well, which are the sort of effort plays you really want to see from your fullback and your captain. But beyond that, he ran for over 200 metres. He had nine tackle breaks, which is simply ridiculous. And, of course, he also had that line break and try assist to Radley that sealed the game for the Roosters. 
Now, there's been a few doubts as to whether or not Tedesco was past his prime, but if this game was any indication, I'd say he definitely has a lot left in the tank. He was really good, and, you know, I'm not complaining about it at all as someone that I've got in my super coach team. Definitely have that belief in James Tedesco, and this is why I think he's got so much left. Really, really well, played really, really well in this game, Tedesco. So awesome stuff from him. Uh, Joey Manu, wow. That flick pass to Junior Ponga for that try had me hysterically laughing in complete disbelief. I've never seen anything like it. I genuinely couldn't believe what I was watching, and it's something only Joey Manu could pull off. If you haven't seen it or you didn't see the game, go back and find that try. I'm sure the NRL and many every other page would have posted it. The flick pass he does, it's magical. It's simply magical. So, yeah. You have to go watch that. If you haven't seen it, go back and watch it right now. Then come back to the podcast and hear the rest of it. But no, he's another candidate for player of the game with his performance in this one. He just, he looked to impress in Vegas. He was out there, a lot of touches on of the ball, which we know Joey Manu's very well known for. I'm just looking at his, his stats here now. He ran for 158 meters. He actually pipped Teddy with 10 tackle breaks of his own. So... I'm sitting there giving Teddy raps for nine, and rightly so. Nine is ridiculous. And then Joey Manu's hit double digits. Crazy, crazy stuff. He was – I mean, there's not much you can say about Manu. He just makes it so – he makes it look so easy in every game he plays. He's one of the only players in the NRL that can do this. So phenomenal game from Joey Manu. He also did score that um, the opening try as well with that intercept. So better throw that one in there. He had that incredible try assist. And, of course, the opening try of the game with where he just took that intercept and just coasted towards the line. Really good read in defense. He makes it look so easy, Manu. So, yeah, great stuff from him. Uh, for the Broncos, I, I did think Brisbane were pretty flat in this game, but one man who really wasn't was Reese Walsh, which expectedly so. He's just – he's so electric. He sat their first try completely off the back of his quick thinking and his pace, putting through a deft little grubber kick, which found a flying Dean Mariner. And then he scored his own when the Broncos put on a brilliant short side exhibition of quick hands, which Walsh backed up on the inside for, as every good fullback should. So it was really cool seeing all of the superstar fullbacks across both games in this in on this day in Vegas. They all had really great games. I thought that was really cool to see. The NRL knew what they were doing when they selected these teams. But yeah, Reese Walsh, you know, he still had, I think he had the NRO only put him down for one error, but there were a few just lapses in, in concentration, which I've said before, and it's what we know Walsh for. He has these, as soon as he irons them out, he'll be another one that could be the best player in our league and could da- go down as an all-time great. Love him or hate him, he's he's got so much ability and he's so exciting to watch, so... Really good stuff from Reese Walsh in this one. I expected nothing less from him going over to Vegas. I thought he was definitely going to be one of those players who just, you know, lit it up. And maybe he didn't light it up as much as everyone expected, though I did think he had obviously a really good game. But you could see just as soon as he caught that ball back on the inside from Jesse Arthurs and Costo for the try, he found the camera. He stared down the camera. He pulled out the tongue. He did the wild dive. He was there to entertain, and he always does, Reese Walsh. So... One of those players that we're very lucky to have in our game because he is an excitement machine. Machi- excitement machine. Love him or hate him, but he makes rugby league better. So really cool stuff from Reese Walsh. 
Uh, just on Jesse Arthurs, I thought he looked really good as well. He's still so underrated to anyone outside of the Broncos or a Broncos fan base as well. He's just one of the safest in the comp under the high ball, but he's added so much more to his game as well. He creates a lot of opportunities himself purely from his evasive abilities. He ran for the most metres in the entire Broncos team in this game with 195, just a tick under 200. That's amazing. To run for more metres than your superstar forwards of Payne Haas and Paddy Garrett Paddy Carrigan as a small winger is such a good knock. And it's something Brisbane really need if they're going to continue to leave Corey Oates out of their side. You need that sort of effort from your own end with Selwyn moving into the centres and losing those bigger bodies. If you're going to run with Dean Mariner and Jesse Arthurs, you really need them to stamp their authority on the efforts out of their own end. And I thought Jesse Arthurs really did that today. So I loved what I saw from Jesse Arthurs in this game. Technically also came up with that try assist because he was the one who streaked away down that short sign play before finding Reese Walsh inside. So that's another one to add to his little resume as well, Arthurs. So awesome stuff from him. And another one I thought played really well for the Broncos was Jordan Rickey. It's really interesting to see his development from the game-breaking second rower who burst onto the scene into a real sort of toiler and workhorse for this club, which I think is it's exactly what they need from him now that Kirk Capewell has departed. You've got Brendan Piacora there. He's the live wire. He's the new excitement machine. If you make Ricky into this consistent, just toiler of a back rower, I think that's really good. It's really good sort of depth and really good problem, not even a problem for the Broncos to have, but it's just a good balance for their side, if you will. But yeah, I thought he was really good in this one. He played the full 80 metres, 80 metres? He, he played the full 80 minutes. He had, you know, 12 runs for 99 metres, uh, which, you know, it isn't overly impressive to the naked eye, but he doesn't need to be doing, need to be doing too much more than that with the work that the middles get through and allegedly the work that Jesse Arthurs gets through apparently. Um, but what's most impressive about his performance in this one was he made a whopping 50 tackles. That is such a good knock. You know, he had a bit of a running battle with Spencer Lenniu throughout this one as well. And he handled him so easily all day. It was really cool seeing him just tackle him and just get up laughing at him. It's not an easy feat, no easy feat to handle Spencer Lenniu, one of the toughest in the competition to tackle but no, Ricky made it look so easy, and I was really impressed with his performance. So, yeah, love what I saw from Jordan Ricky. Uh, of course, we we do have to mention it. There was an incident in this in this game and sort of the back end of the game, at least in that second half, where Ezra Mam issued an official complaint to the referee against Spencer Lenniu for an alleged race, racial slur. It's just really disappointing to see in our game. Hopefully it gets cleared and it turns out there was nothing in it. But if he is guilty of that, then I hope he gets a decent suspension for it because there's just there's no place in our game for for that, for racism. So, yeah, really, really disappointing to see that incident take place. I don't want to spend too much time on it because obviously there was so much more positives out of this game. But if that did happen, it is just disappointing that that's happening in our game, especially when we're trying to show it off to another audience over in America where there's a lot more racial issues over there. I really don't want this to be sort of the headlines of, of how we show our game over over in another country. So if this did take place, obviously it's just alleged at the moment, but if he's found guilty, then, yeah, I hope we get a good little punishment for him for that because we don't want to see that in our game. We really want to stamp that out. You'd think by now we would have stamped that out, 
So yeah, let's no more time spent on that. But yeah, just a bit disappointing to see that one. But no, I just I really enjoyed this game, and I really enjoyed the entire day in general. I think the NRL and everyone involved put on such a great show for Vegas, and everyone should be very proud of their efforts. We had two incredible games of rugby league and two different styles of rugby league too. Both were pretty close. Both kept everyone entertained. What well, kept me entertained, so I can only imagine what it'd do for new new fans. So yeah, I don't know how you how you couldn't become a fan after watching these ones. So yeah, there's a, a big congratulations in order to everyone involved with these ones. It was such a great spectacle, such a great effort that we've put put on here. So yeah, really good games of footy. And yeah, how good is it to have rugby league back? To have footy back? I'm already feeling really upset that I have to wait. What is it? Five days, six days until the rest of the round now. But that's all right. Yeah, you. you, you live with what you get so that that'll just about wrap us up for this one thank you guys for for tuning in for another podcast and thank you guys for sticking around this long if you've made it this far once again i'll plug the instagram we are on instagram at chip and chase podcast if you want to contact me or just let me know anything how i'm going for the podcast things you'd like to see things you don't like to see or just interact you know let me know what you guys thought about these games do uh, get onto that. There's a lot more content on there as well. So just to sort of feel in those days when the podcasts aren't out. So yeah, definitely check, check me out at the check chip and chase podcast on Instagram, but that'll wrap us up here. Thank you guys for tuning in and I will see you guys next time.